It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You're listening to BGN Radio. It is a deep spiral. Under it is Sproles. Makes the first man miss, of course. Looks for running room up the right side. He cuts back to the center of the field. He's at the 45. He's at the 50. He's at the 45. He's at the 41. And Mighty Mouse is at it again. Daily. <laughs> we've, had a, uh, we've had a lot of fun doing this, so uh, I got I got to tell everybody out there that we are uh, we are really digging the feedback with the uh, the BGN Radio Daily. Obviously, uh, Tehran and uh, newly acquired uh, Barrett Brooks is going to be a part of that programming too, as they've wanted to do a uh, podcast for a very long time. Uh, we're still going to try and stick to the main schedules. So uh, it's going to be BLG on Mondays or Tuesdays, rather. We're still trying to figure all that stuff out. And uh, then uh, Tehran and uh, Barrett will take over. We'll jump in. Uh, Ben's going to do some uh, draft breakdown stuff uh, that's either going to happen on Fridays or Thursdays or something leading up as the college football season gets going. And, of course, uh, James this week will be on the main show, so you'll be looking forward to that. But uh, some uh, fun things that happened uh, down at camp and uh, some things that are uh, not surprising at all. And that, my friends, is Carson Wentz is looking good. <laughs> Which, from OTAs, it's crazy that, uh, you know, we had – there was a lot of nervous Nellies, and I think rightfully so. And you don't exactly know what they're working on in OTA, so there's a lot of that happening. But, you know, some of the mechanics, some of the the throws that were sailing and uh, against air, and you just started to question some things. And, and now that uh, Brandon's theory of him just kind of being a, a gamer, the Carson that is, and just kind of ramping some things up, uh, you're starting to see it, and he showed it a lot today. I mean, they were just doing 11-on-11 goal line drills. That was their main focus today. Uh, they still did some group installs against air, which, uh, you know, if you don't – it doesn't tell you much. It excites the crowd a little bit, uh, but they just kind of, you know, run through the plays and do all of that. And uh, it, two good things happened. So, one, Carson in his first red zone drill was perfect. I, I mean, they were kind of shredding everybody there. Uh, Jordan Matthews touchdowns. Nelson Aguilar is making really nice touchdowns. and. And again, uh, during this drill, I think that was a little bit overlooked from everybody uh, that was, you know, catching, receiving, doing whatever. Nelson Aguilar had some fantastic catches 
today. Uh, the the most notably the one where there was a uh, it wasn't even Wentz. I think it was uh, McGloin that had a had a high ball towards the right corner of the end zone, and you just saw Aguilar leap like a gazelle, <laughs> perfect two hands, a toe tap, and a quick like you know turn around, almost like he knew uh, how good that catch was, and it was uh, a touchdown and rolled right on. Then when Wentz got back in there, uh, really just separated himself. Uh, from uh, you know uh, again going to a uh, going to to uh, you know the post route into a corner into turning around and uh, and just fooling everybody and uh, getting some nice separation and really just uh, even on badly thrown balls uh, from you know D- Dane Evans and things like that uh, still had uh, a really good shot at him and I thought Nelson Aguilar continued to have a strong camp as well but Carson was uh, yeah Carson was dead on there um, and then the other good thing that happened because you started to see well. And this is going to be a continuing theme as we talk about, you know, guys like Marcus Johnson and Greg Ward and those folks because you're you're still going up against the competition of these Eagles corners, which today showed a little something. And and that's what we have to remember also of – I still think, granted, like there's no doubt that Patrick Robinson is terrible, and I don't think he should be anywhere close to a starting position on this football team um, you know, we'll get into that a little bit too, because the guys yesterday had discussed CJ Smith and, and even today, I think that's probably a, a more viable option, at least as of now. And we're going to see these guys in pads in eight days. So it really won't matter. And I'm sure all, all of our opinions will change on this, but, uh, you know, Patrick Robinson just continues and continues to get beat up here, uh, by everybody. It's vets, rooks, you know, so when we're seeing Marcus Johnson look like freaking Jerry Rice, you got to kind of holster that in a little bit. And that's not to take away from Marcus Johnson. It's not to take away from what Nelson's doing or even if, uh, uh, you know, they, they had uh, Alshon going today or it would be, first of all, it would have been a disaster. I mean, there would have been seven, 70 touchdowns and I don't think anybody would have touched him. Uh, but and we'll get into that in just a little bit, too. But. There was just there just seemed to be an inherent struggle with with Patrick Robinson no matter where they put him and uh, it's it's just not it's not looking great and it's not improving and the last time that he had a good practice was uh, last Friday with like back to back pass breakups in eleven on eleven and ever since then that's that's pretty much kind of been it uh, and I, I will say the the and the problem. It's not – they don't really have a huge depth problem because Aaron Grimes still looked really good today. And, uh, you know, some of the guys are behind – you know, I'll bring it up in his name again. C.J. Smith looked like a competent cornerback, even though the, uh, they still struggled a little bit. Uh, the main thing about all these different drills – and Jalen Mills explained this too, who had a, a terrific session as it uh, went on to that – you know, the second red zone session that I had. Uh, in fact, the, the secondary completely shut out uh, any touchdowns from happening. A lot, of, a lot of incompletions, also a lot of good interceptions as, uh, as well. I think C.J. Smith undercut uh, a route, if I can remember correctly, uh, during that and, and picked some things off. There was a lot of pass breakups. Even Malcolm Jenkins was getting involved at some point. And there was one big thing of note, speaking of that, uh, Jordan Matthews, who eventually did have a couple of nice touchdown grabs from uh, Wentz. When you're getting covered by Malcolm Jenkins and not getting any separation, and that's not a knock on Malcolm either, um, I, I think that's still – it's nothing really different than his MO or his skill set or anything along those lines. But at the same time, 
if you can't get away one-on-one in the red zone, uh, yeesh, you know? Uh, and that just kind of ramps up a lot of all the different things that we've been talking about in the offseason of what the future brings for them and why they haven't extended them, and they probably would have done that by now. It just, you know, all those different things kind of lead up, especially in these drills, because you had guys like even Torrey Smith, who most of the time you wouldn't consider like a red zone threat, but is getting separation from everybody, and he continues to prove day in and day out that he doesn't run a thousand nine routes and that he's just a, a deep threat, and that's all his game is. He's looked very reliable uh, throughout this process as well. But getting back to, so the CBs uh, shut them out, and th- there's a lot of different guys there is <laughs> that can play more inside than out. And that's kind of the problem. There are some guys that can play both. I'm sure Jalen Mills could probably play both, even though I think he's still better on the outside. I think having him with just his his foot speed and things like that alone, although I think is a little, uh, you know, kind of uh, overhyped a little bit as as far as like him getting beat deep or not being able to catch up. I think that's the problem basically with the entire secondary right now. But there's just not a lot of guys that can play outside. And every single day that I keep coming to practice and same with BLG and a lot of the folks that go down there, I just can't, I still can't see them not bringing in a guy, whoever that is. And and I'm, I'm almost sick of talking about Kyle Fuller because it just gets repetitive. <laughs> like all this stuff gets repetitive every single day. We're all thinking it. Why hasn't it happened? And, and whatever. My, my kind of theory on a lot of these different things is Ryan Matthews is holding something up. And I think, you know, the, the I don't know, there's a there's just another piece in there, whether or not they're waiting for certain guys to get cut because uh, they think they can get them for cheaper or if they're playing the long game and somebody's price is too high. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> like, uh, of why you take the risk of Sidney Jones, and, and there's nothing wrong with that move because as we're seeing now, even with uh, Jalen Smith in, um, uh, in uh, Dallas here, uh, you know, you, you can tell that the mobility is there. Who knows what he, when he's going to be ready to actually play f- physical football. But that's uh, – and they're two different injuries, but also, like, the Achilles and, and what Jalen uh, has gone through is uh, very detrimental to, to most folks when, they're, when you're talking about football injuries. And I'm not worried about that for the future. It's just the, the Eagles didn't have too much cap money to kind of mess around with. And there was a lot of other different needs, and obviously they go. They went. Let's protect the quarterback first, and worry about the secondary later. And I, I not that, and I still think that approach is correct because I think we would, we wouldn't be as fans. I don't think we'd be as optimistic on even having a chance at looking into the playoffs with without Alshon Jeffrey, and oddly enough, without Torrey Smith, which I'm sure a lot of people didn't believe a year ago. Uh, but it, because the focus is there, that's where it's just going to be, you know, for lack of a better term, the kind of the, the Achilles heel. But uh, during this red zone drill, and this is where I want to get back to with Jalen Mills, like you keep forgetting there's no pass rush during any of these. This is basically mostly set up for the offense to win, and the only r- real drills that you're seeing out there that are geared towards the defense are the 10-10-10 drills when it's just a day where it's bang, 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 bang. They're going to roll through, and it's it's set up for the defense to win. <laughs> and when, when it's not, uh, the offense is going to win more times than not. And if, if you have – because it is true. These guys are covered for the most part, and then all of a sudden 
they're not. You know, whether it's a scramble drill or whether it's just, uh, okay, I held my guy for the appropriate amount of time, but nobody can touch the quarterback here. And rarely do they blow the whistle when it could have been, in a, you know, a, a quote sack, uh, unless it's extremely obvious. Even if Wentz is getting bumped or if McGloin's getting bumped, they're not going to blow the whistle, you know, and I, I think we lose that a lot uh, sometimes and just. From my own perspective, if I'm sitting down there trying to tweet out the last play and you don't look up enough and you just see the result of the play, that can happen down there too if we're all being kind of honest with ourselves. And there are some guys and, and that I respect down there that literally write down the plays and write about them later. And I think, you know, that, that tends to happen. Uh, but there are some guys, and maybe it's me, just me because I have a slower phone. <laughs> I can't get everything out. Plus, you already, uh, you guys already know I have sausage fingers and I pronounce names th- and I, I, th- incorrectly. I spell things incorrectly. So there, there's some of that. And maybe I'm just projecting you <laughs> at the same time, too. But um, I, I, I am... Uh, I really want to see how bad it's going to be. We can we can definitely say, okay, Patrick Robinson shouldn't start, but do they still have enough pieces here to make it feel like it's serviceable? Because I still think if you have Razul Douglas and Jalen Mills and they're your two starters, yeah, they're going to be bumps in the road, and I'm sure they're going to get beat deep, and I'm sure we're all going to react like, well, this is why you take, uh, you know, whoever the hot name is. <laughs> name is at that point and that could be anybody from Reuben Foster to uh to Conley to any other healthy CB that's doing well at that point well the Eagles Eagles could have had him and uh, you know, now we've got Barnett struggling and Russell Douglas getting beat here we go again you know I think there will be those moments throughout the season but uh I I, I think it's really important in the next eight days and sure they're putting on pads and they're doing thuds and they're doing all that unfortunately I won't be down there tomorrow but that's why Brandon's going to be so uh, uh, important as he is in all of our lives because he's bringing us all these great treats on bleedinggreennation.com and um, really those are the those are the most important days I think to follow because they do blow the whistle a little faster there so uh, when you look for the sack amount and and I I, it, I it seems to me even though we've just gone through one day of full hitting that there isn't as many you know huge mistakes even and and now that I'm recalling it you know there's when Derek Barnett is, is shoving Jason Peters into whence it caused him to throw into double coverage and and force an interception and there's been uh, some uh, some errant throws for, uh, or one or two errant throws from Wentz that have led to interceptions and and things like that so all stuff you have to keep in mind because they are really it's it's important for those CBs to look and respond and try and hold on as for as long as they can because once they get into the season hopefully excuse me at least it won't be it won't be like that the defensive line will finally live up to its hype and it will you know slow down and uh, it'll be serviceable and that's all you're looking for service bull uh and uh some other things that were after practice just so you guys know and it was uh, uh reported today just by me that you know, I, I it sounds like the Eagles aren't going to uh, have Alshon Jeffrey play in the first preseason game. Now, it, it, the the reaction to that I thought was a little odd. And again, it's Twitter. I understand everybody's going. Well, here we go again. It is one thousand percent precautionary. If he was able to go, or he is able to go right now, if he really wanted to, you know. But they're just like there's there's really no point in doing this in the first preseason game. If, if on the road against Green Bay, like for seven, eight snaps, who cares? <laughs> who cares about that? If he's not 
you know, going by uh, the third preseason game and, and warming things up, then I think we can have a conversation about that. But he really wants to be out there. And uh, I, I just think that it's it's mostly the Eagles' call here to, hey, you know, we invested $14 million. We want to get you to the season. And if you look at the landscape of the of what's happening today at training camp all around, I mean, you know, Sterling Shepard goes down and uh, you know, Will Fuller goes down and uh, Forrest Lamp tears his ACL and MCL and a whole bunch of other different stuff. So, it, it, again, it can happen at any time, but you might as well just – you know, take it easy. It's very minor, and I, it, it, the listen. It's not like we don't know that Alshon is is injury prone and has uh, done uh, a lot of that. I think that for some of his career, he kind of took his talents for granted and didn't really work on, you know, the the, uh, the tissue injury stuff and didn't really rely on that. I heard some stories about him in South Carolina and, <laughs> and Steve Spurrier just kind of chatted back and forth. Uh, or not him, but like all the other coaches, like, are we going to play him as a freshman? I guess we are. And then he just went out there and balled, and they didn't really have like a a, a, a great uh, training program set up for him. And that's kind of bled into his NFL career, and I'm sure Chicago really didn't care about uh, what he did too much. And it's, you know, who knows? And uh, uh, But at the same time, like the, these are all things that you still are learning, even though he's a veteran, he's – He's going through, and it's not like he doesn't want to be out there. So uh, I wouldn't be too concerned about it. It's just he's there to, you know, he's there for the regular season. I wouldn't, I wouldn't honestly, I wouldn't put Wentz out there. I hope they don't. I hope they don't do anything with that. Like that is the whole reason that the Eagles have a chance to make the playoffs is Carson Wentz to Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith for the most part in the offensive line, obviously. Like, you know, one series max, and that's it. Just the same routine as you see every year. There's really no uh, necessary reason to kind of throw him out there. Plus, we, we, we would rather see Marcus Johnson at this point. Like, why wouldn't you want to see Marcus Johnson run with the ones? Sure, again, for those four or five plays, but he's going to get – uh, continue to get reps and I you know I don't know if Nick Foles is going to play and not that we really need to see that either but if whether it's McGloin or Dane Evans or whoever's out there you want those guys to get the reps anyway you know let's see Greg Ward let's see all those let's see who can be the number six wide receiver on the Eagles um and uh, and, and and honestly I want to see him going to the kids and not that Green Bay is a is a good example because as I did, and I'm sure many others, we all remember the Sam Bradford game against Green Bay, and we started jumping on the horses and getting up and down and saying, like, oh, man, this team is for real. And then we realized that Green Bay secondary is a, a literal dumpster fire. So <laughs> that is that is pretty much it. And uh, uh, it, it, But it's, I don't know, it's... Even saying that, it's probably a better test than Patrick Robin. So I, that, that's what we really want to see in eight days. And I can't even believe that. I can't believe that we are eight days away from having real football kind of rocking and rolling here. That's exciting. Like, I, I, I throughout, um, you know, the offseason here, I just assumed that I would just be so fired up with the Sixers and everything that's going on there that it wouldn't be just so completely 100% jazzed about training camp and, like, all right, we're getting up to it, but now that we've gotten a little taste, you know, we're 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 pretty much uh, we're pretty much right there. So it is getting exciting again. Football is in the air, and it continues to do so. Uh, our good friend Joe Bryant just asking a question here on uh, the Mixer.com, and that's where we're uh, at least most of the time. That's where I'll be doing 
a lot of the uh, the BGN Radio dailies. You can follow us at Mixler, M-I-X-L-R dot com slash BGN dash radio. <laughs> Again, a mouthful to say, but you can find it out there. Does anybody know how close Matthews is to being cleared? And and nobody really does. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what uh, who's who's waiting for what. I'm not sure if Ryan Matthews has to get cleared by team doctors or uh, NFL doctors, his own physician. I'm not exactly sure what's all going on there. I would just assume that Ryan Matthews is trying to soak in as much money as he can get uh, until he can no longer take it you know, from the Eagles because they, they're they going to cut him right away, and I'm not sure that any team is going to pick up Ryan Matthews um, with his kind of current condition, injury history, and he's just kind of he's, – he's leaning towards older, and it's – you know, it's it's sad because they uh, when the Chargers drafted him, they said, okay, we're, we don't need LaDainian Tomlinson because we have the next one. And then they got rid of Darren Sproles, and it's crazy to me that Darren Sproles has uh, – if, if, I mean, obviously, if he comes back, sure, but Darren Sproles has outlasted currently right now Ryan Matthews. And that's, that's an insane thing to say uh, during an NFL career. And Darren Sproles went and got himself a Super Bowl ring and a whole bunch of other cool stuff. So, uh, and, and again, by the way, that was probably the pass of the day today uh, where uh, Darren Sproles was out on a wheel route and just Carson Wentz put, put the money ball right, right on his hands. It was a fantastic throw. It was a fantastic route. And um, I, I got to say, it is, it's very exciting. Like, I'm, I'm starting to get ramped up a little more, loosening loosening my grip on the draft Twitter takes about how bad Carson Wentz is going to be. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm starting to get a, a tiny bit cocky. Been like, but, I'm again, I just urge everybody, just reserve it. Let everybody enjoy their August and July takes. Once September rolls around, maybe just, maybe just a nice little layup. Maybe just a, a, a quick... You know, eight foot jumper every now and again that Wentz does something well, and then once we get in October and November and hopefully December, and he's and he's hopefully really balling out, then then we're going to start throwing alley oops up. You know, then we're going <laughs> to then we're going to just take all those takes and just put them on blast and have a lot of fun with it. So that's that's been uh, that's been uh, fun to see. I think people are getting finally nervous. Well, no, I, I don't know. Maybe they're not, but I, I, they should be. They should be getting very nervous because that is it is it is for real how sharp he looks and just the mentality of this team. And I would even say, um, Doug has. Well, Doug's still the same. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Doug was rolling there for a little bit because Doug, Doug this week was you know ripping on uh, Howard Eskin in the suit and he was feeling really good. And then I, I think Jim Schwartz was supposed to speak the next day. And for, for whatever reason, they changed it up. And uh, I think we were all joking down there. It was just like, I think he's just feeling the groove. People like him. <laughs> People like him right now. He's going to be on the mic. He's going to sling out some more jokes. And then he went with, uh, well, we're going to be in week two in Kansas City. And it's going to be 90 degrees. And then, uh, you know, he just he lost everybody after that. So I, I just feel like there is a there's a really good energy uh, around there. And um, the only the only other things that I saw today that kind of really stood out, uh, and it could just be whatever. Like, listen, I, I'm, I'm down there sweating my butt off, and I'm just filming things. So to put pads on and to see guys that are literally drenched out there in 90-degree heat 
I have no idea what that feels like, especially going up against Jason Peters. Derek Barnett looked a little tired today. Not like, oh, ooh, Jesus, you know, we, it should be over clean sturdy. I just think he might have went a little extra hard. And even Jamal Jackson kind of commented on me tweeting that out and just saying, like, don't, this, they're not doing two days anymore. Like, how can you be tired? But uh, I think Derek Barnett was a little juiced up yesterday. And today, today might have got a, uh, maybe he needed an extra nap or two that's in there. He's still trying to figure out his rookie strength and work on uh, a lot of different things. And the the sweat is no joke. I uh, the, When Jason Kelsey was signing autographs today, uh, he just mentioned that he's like, yeah, I think I sweat like two liters an hour or something crazy like that. And people were commenting on it. He goes, yeah, just yesterday he lost 10 pounds, 10 pounds just from sweating it out. I was blown away by that. I was like, "Oh my god!" And and others were was like, "You need to get that back." He's like, "Yeah, I can't, I can't lose that that ten pounds." So these guys dropped from like eight to ten pounds in a day getting back out there. And sure, they have the protein things, and there's you know the they've got way more, way more uh, you know sports science and things going on there to kind of bring that back up. And I'm sure they're doing it in a healthy way. But you even saw guys like Corey Clement who are coming off the field, and no kidding. Every time he stepped foot on the grass, there was just like puddles of sweat shooting out of his cleats. <laughs> You're kind of like, oh, my God. And you're like, ugh, that's kind of gross at the same time. But it looked like a geyser was shooting out of his cleats every time that he stepped off the field. These guys were I, – I don't know how they do it some days, honestly. And I couldn't imagine doing that uh, – It. it I, you know, for two, for two days. I really couldn't. I have no idea uh, what that feels like for eight, eight, day, eight hours in a day. I, I remember doing it in high school barely, and it, it's nothing close to what these guys are doing now. So that's that's just a constant reminder of, like, when we're judging these guys, they're working their asses off regardless of all that. It's, uh, it's an amazing sight to see. If you got a chance to get down there somehow or uh, just go to the, uh, the next – practice this Sunday at the at the link it's it's a site to kind of hang out and see there so the one thing that did uh happen that was awesome tonight at least was uh, Lane Johnson went on, went on the 700 level with Mark Farzetta and uh <laughs> like during during the last open practice speaking of that he uh he made some comments saying Hey, uh, it, it, all the writers, everybody, if we win this thing, I don't want you to write a fucking thing. I just want you to drink beers and, and let's go riding on the bus and during, during the entire parade. So that kind of caught wind. And then tonight, Bud Light tweeted out, or this evening rather, Bud Light tweets out, let's make a bet. Uh, you win it all and the party is on us. And obviously Bud Light is a sponsor of the Eagles and some of the stuff that we do. Uh, so I think that if uh, Bud Light throws a party during the Super Bowl, uh, win of the Eagles, and we all get free beer. I'm very much down for that. I'll, I'll drink any anything for free, including Bud Light. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, we, we've done stuff with them before in the past. Uh, I went from drinking Miller Light because I was a big Miller Light guy, and then, w- of course, we were contractually obligated to start drinking Bud Lights. But honestly, uh, I'm, I, I'm starting <laughs> really like Bud Light again if you're just kind of like I just need something that is flavored water and I don't want to get too drunk tonight but I still want to have a beer in my hand I'm kind of digging the Bud Light again it's amazing how that turned around so I would definitely take uh you know four or five Steve Austin type of handfuls of beer and I'd just be clashing them on the bus uh the entire time if the Eagles 
do end up coming down and, and shocking shocking everybody in the next couple of years and and doing this thing. And this is this is the other thing that I think, uh, and I'll end on this. This is the other thing that gets me a little nervous too. Is most of and and look. You know, Merrill Reese, uh, who's uh, I wish he was my grandfather because he's just such a sweet man. And I, I love that guy to death. I love listening to him when we're at the station and, and just listening to the games. And, you know, he, he comes out yesterday and is saying to me, uh, I think Carson Wentz going to be a top five quarterback in the next three years. And and you understand that it's Merrill and he's fired up and he usually does. And that's why we all love him. And then Dave Spadaro writes something for BGN saying, like, he is Carson Wentz is the best quarterback that I've ever seen since I've worked part-time covering the Eagles in 1985 to wherever. So he's saying, forget about Cunningham and forget about all the... Well, it, it, it's kind of easy in the history of since 1985. It's not that crazy of a statement. So all he's really saying, he's going to be better than Randall Cunningham and, and Donovan McNabb. Now, I think that we've also jumped into that maybe with Kevin Cobb and some other different takes. But like... Uh, the it is it is a pass or fail with with Carson Wentz and the expectations now, which I'm going to be honest with you. That makes me a little nervous because it's not that I don't believe in what they're seeing. And even with my own two eyes, I, I see all the different things that everybody else sees, too. But that's an immense amount of this has to be at that level, a Super Bowl winning franchise, now top five quarterback. And now. <laughs> Now people are putting a moniker. He's the best quarterback I've ever seen since 1985 in this entire organization. Yo, again, it's not an incredibly high bar to set because you're really only doing it with two quarterbacks. But those two quarterbacks were so good. <laughs> Randall Cunningham was awesome. Donovan McNabb was awesome. We can fight about how the legitimacy of them until we're blue in the teeth. But we both know that those guys were awesome QBs. And now there are a lot of people saying that this kid blows them out of the water. And it's the same reason why I was nervous about Dak Prescott. And that's just, you know, not being an Eagles fan. That's just being an NFL fan, a fan of his work before he unfortunately got drafted by the worst team in the league ever is these unmanageable expectations of what they really are. Now we're stepping into the year two, and I'm, I'm, I was always on board, and I think everybody's on board, with the second-year jump for Carson Wentz. That's fine. We're all with that. We're all on the same page. But now that training camp has started again, and we're starting to get football back in our lives, and, and we're enjoying the Irish uh, spring must of sweat and tears and joy. Uh, I'm talking about my own body, obviously, because I'm a big Irish spring fan. But uh, I, I just feel like the excitement level is taking off too high. And it is also to be, I, I, it takes to be, I, I won't say, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm tired of using scorching hot. Uh, but I, that is that is a huge take. For Carson, just like the same to say to com start comparing numbers to Tom Brady and, and and Ben Roethlisberger and all that for Dak Prescott, like it sets these guys up. And I've been on this for a while. It sets these guys up for unmanageable expectations. But it's also part of being a fan too. I was talking with BLG about this. I and and John Marks even brought it up. I think uh, a couple of nights ago. I, I it's getting to the point. Either I'm getting older. Where people are just aren't having fun with sports anymore, 
you know? Because <laughs> even though I'm saying this, I, I I think people should say whatever they want and say what say what they feel, and it shouldn't be like, oh, this fucking person saying this shit or what. It, it, let fans have fun, you know. Let <laughs> let them do whatever. I think we just take everything so seriously. And listen, I'm not saying that we can't look at things and break down film and dive deeper into box scores or any of that. That is that is needed, and that is so entertaining and interesting if it's done right. But I mean, <laughs> if if people are excited about Carson Wentz, let them be excited about Carson Wentz. I guess so. I'm having an argument with myself already. I think that it's you know understand that people are having fun, and maybe just don't take everything so literal. Uh, and especially, man, I'm I'm noticing that more and more from uh, from training camp because. Uh, I even tweeted out that Rizul Douglas and, uh, it, you know, Treggs were just going back and forth and having a little fun. <laughs> and, and Bryce Treggs was just like, hey, man, I had you. I had you that whole time. And Rizul Douglas is ah, oh, hell no. No way. No way. You're like, they're going back and forth. Obviously, Rizul was correct. Like, he was blanketed the entire time. That's why they didn't throw it to him during the red zone drills. But, like, everybody just kind of took, took that as, oh, my God, that's so depressing that – you know, Bryce Treggs was beating out Rizul Douglas. It's like, no, no, you're just trying to comment that they're having fun. There's a uh, camaraderie there. And uh, I don't know. I just I, I, I just feel like we, we need to have a little more fun. So if I get too serious at any point, if we any, uh, any of us get too serious at any point, uh, we need to come up with the term because we were so good with the beans this year. So uh, I think we need to bring that back for, for the good things because, you know, hashtag beans turned into like any player – that was uh, any wide receiver that was better than the than the Eagles core because it was we said that so many times last year that we just needed uh, the one word. So Beans is definitely going to make a comeback uh, as soon as the preseason rolls in and we get into the regular season because uh, I, I think we're going to see a lot of lot of great catches this year. But yeah, if anybody gets too serious, we need to come up with a hashtag uh, uh, of, of something fun there. And, and kind of roll on and do that. But uh, I'm going to be in uh, Chicago for the next couple of days. There's going to be a lot of great stuff that's coming your way. Uh, like I said, the, there's a, I believe there's a Counterpoint episode that's going to drop here. Uh, James has you the rest of the way for the weekend. Vince Quinn and BLG are going to be on the WIP show from 4 to 6. And uh, we will roll right back and be in action uh, on uh, on Monday and Tuesday, and everybody will be back down there, and it'll be a lot of fun. I appreciate everybody listening live, and of course, if you're listening on to the replay, please uh, just uh, you know rate, subscribe, and review. The five star reviews do go a very long way, and we appreciate it. So uh, for myself, I am John Barchard, and of course, this is BGN Radio Daily right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. <laughs>